0: Welcome to episode five of the Fast Break. took a break yesterday, but on Saturday we talked about Anthony Edwards and his strengths and weaknesses. Today we are going to be looking at Obi Toppin and some past mid-major stars in the NBA Draft Lottery. With me is my co host Aaron Spew, and we've got two guests today, Nick Goldie and Jack Sauer. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Uh, Let's just start off with uh, some of the better players in the NBA Draft Lottery that that came from mid-major schools over the past decade. Um, in my in my good tier, I've got Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and John Moran.
1: Um, I would agree with that, yes.
2: Nick? Um, I would agree with it. I think there are a couple players that could be added in. Uh, guys like, I don't know exactly if they were in the lottery, but Kawhi Leonard and things like that. Just the later draft picks. I think Kawhi was right at 15, if i remember, ah. Kawhi was, first Kawhi, 11, maybe? Fifteen. Oh, in that you range. Know was yeah. that? I think he was around fifteen.
1: Well, the list the list Ben has here is Jimmy Fredette, Damian Lillard, Anthony Bennett, C.J. McCollum, Alfred Payton, Cameron Payne, John Morant, and then Obi Toppin, possibly. So you yeah, at fifteen?
0: I definitely left them out. Uh, you're right, Kawhi. They come from a mid-major, and he's definitely a star. I think he'd be the best on that list. Yeah, uh, I don't believe he was in the lottery though.
2: It also so, include Steph Curry at pick number eleven, or seven. My bad.
0: Curry was seven, but I left him out because that was a 2009 draft. I'm looking at the past decade. Yeah. Yes, okay, so you have some names in there that I left out that are definitely uh definitely good names. So uh, the guys I've got, like I'll repeat it again: Willard McCollum, Moran. If you look at all three of those guys, the things I see in common, they're all insanely athletic, uh, multi-level scores. Uh, and they actually came from lower conferences than some of the other guys in this list. Lillard was at Weber State, um, which is the big Sky Conference. Jim McCollum Lehigh from the Patriot League, Du Murray State, the Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, anything else you guys notice about about these three players? Jack will start with you.
3: Um, I would yeah, I would put Kauai and um, Dame in the same category, but then, We'll have to see with John Morant. He's He makes big plays, and he's on the Sports Center top ten, you know, but he's really not helping the Grizzlies win right now. So we'll have to see how he does in the next, the next few years.
1: Well, I mean, he did take them uh, a lot farther than people expected. I think uh, the Grizzlies were never really considered to be in the playoffs, and then, uh, I think he took them pretty far. But I think one thing I did notice in common with these players is their teams aren't necessarily always going to have a lot of success. So their numbers often have to carry them or they have to have something special with them. They either have to be putting up a ton of points or like making crazy plays or just a highlight reel. I mean, it's hard for these teams to be uh, taking them the players where they are.
2: Yeah. With John Morant, I just think, I think he can become in the category of a Damian Lillard, but right now I wouldn't put him, I put him slow, slightly below that. Um, Obviously above the tier of like Alfred Payton, but I think in a couple of years we'll be able to fully see how he develops into the NBA. Ben, what's yeah,
1: your I next with,
0: tier? Oh, sorry. Uh, I agree with that, actually. Um, what well, no, no, I had is they're yet, excluding Kawhi, I, I'm pretty sure he's not in the lottery, but uh, Lillard, McComb, and Morant, they are all obviously have yet to do much in the playoffs. Like Aaron said, they're all putting up pretty good numbers. Jack said it could, it could be a little premature on Jaw right now. Um, but the big thing I see, they're all really athletic, which is, um, it's common with guys to fall to mid majors where they put it together, they put together the skill, and they have the athleticism. Um, so the next tier for me is the average tier. Uh, we got Alfred Payton, I think we all got him there. And I've got just a slew of Gonzaga, Gonzaga alumni there, all pretty similar. Kelly Olenek. he's the first name
2: that comes to mind. Uh, on the guy in Portland, um, but Zach I, Collins,
0: a lot of big methods
2: are in are in my average tier. Yeah. Um yeah, Zach Collins and DeMontis Sabonis on the Pacers. Um Sabonis in the next few years might wake his way up to the top category, but yeah, there's all just they're more bigs in this category just because they have the physical ability, not necessarily the skill. Uh uh-huh.
0: yeah, I agree because Sabonis could definitely uh move up. He's he's becoming much improved. Aaron and Jack, any thoughts on that average tier, especially the, the Gonzaga players?
1: I think it's hard for I mean, Gonzaga's obviously not or they are mid major, but I feel like they've been a uh standout among the rest of these schools where they've been a pretty competitive basketball school and they're still getting recruits, they're still getting high seeds. I mean they've they've been a pretty good team. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: why
3: I know. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. All right. Um, it's They're not a blue blood or anything, but they're still going to get good high school players that want to go there. Yeah, they're probably one of the, the best mid-major school in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: my note was they all come from a good system. Mark is a very good coach. Something else, a lot of them are big men, like we mentioned. Rui Moore is also another name we didn't mention yet. But they all have uh, very high shooting ability. They can all shoot the ball. And uh, Albert Payton is very athletic. He's a guard, so that's why they're – Probably all got drafted in the position they did. The next category I've got is the bad category, where I've got Jimmer Fredette, Anthony Bennett, and Cameron Payne.
1: I mean, all these players are kind of flameouts. I would say uh, Jimmer Fredette—he's putting up thirty-five in Israel, I think. Uh, but I, I don't think—I don't think he really has gone anywhere. Uh, Cameron Payne. Anthony Bennett, I mean, these are all, I mean, some of the most popular draft bust names, I mean, they're obviously the ones that just didn't turn out.
2: Yeah, I think that of these three, I think Jimmy Fredette probably had the best potential just because of his natural shooting ability, but I think that he would have done best if he was maybe like a late first round pick or early second round pick without extremely high expectations, because he came into Sacramento, he had a couple of good, for, a couple of good games just to start up the season and people expected him to be like he was in college, and he was had one of the greatest college seasons ever. And I think that if he just had less expectations and the fall wasn't as high as it was, I think he could have still been a good player in the league. But
0: yeah, that's, a very, that's a very good point to make. He was expected to be like a man. He was expected to be like a top 100 player, top 50 player of all time, and yeah. it just didn't turn out that way. Um, something I see with all three of these guys for that, Bennett and Payne, um, excluding Bennett, he's, uh, well, they're all undersized. Uh, Bennett's kind of out of shape, so they all fit, and they don't, really have, the, they don't have the body type. Uh, Nick mentioned already, Jimmer had the shooting ability. They're all one-dimensional. Uh, Payne was very good. He, he got—he scored. He, I didn't, the Bulls really overreached with him. He led a good team in college. Um, and Anthony Bennett, I really don't know why the Cavs picked the number one. They were all overreach picks. Um, yeah, I can't give any thoughts you know, on any of those names.
3: Yeah, I agree. Just all these guys are just one-dimensional. Um, that's the reason they're not playing at the top schools. They they're all lacking something. Whether even even if they're a good shooter like Firdet, or they have the size or the natural athleticism like Moran, um, they're all just not complete players, and that's why they don't succeed at the NBA level. It's a very good
0: point, and obviously on my list, the best I had is Damian Lower. I know you guys had Kawhi Curry on some of your lists. Oh, Damien is the best on my list. And as me and Aaron talked about uh, last Wednesday, I believe, um, in our top 10 player list, Damien really, he's become a all around player. He can shoot from anywhere. He can drive. He, can, he does it all, really. So that was that, that a very good point, Jack. Uh, well, I, any other thoughts
1: before I move on? Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, Jimmy Fredette was like a household name in college. And John Morant, he's getting on SportsCenter every night. But I wonder with uh, some of these players, like, were is the reason they didn't go to Kentucky or UNC or Duke? Is the reason that maybe they didn't expect to do as well that they did? Maybe they, uh, I mean, none of them. I don't. Well, maybe not none of them. But they're not always high, highly recruited. They're not always uh, a top five-star recruit. But I think uh, their college performance can take a lot of people surprise, and that's why by surprise. So that's why they uh, ju- or exceed so many expectations.
2: Yeah, I think that Jimmy Fredette's a key example of that, where like no one even knew who he was before his amazing season yeah. happened. So I think there was just a big spike in his like transition, and then the expectations just get too high. Yep.
0: All right. So now bringing us back to modern day, really the only mid, the huge mid major name right now in college and NBA is Obi Toppin out of the University of Dayton. Um. National Player of the Year, Canada. I believe he won it in some of the awards. Some of the awards didn't happen due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, he's a stud, really. What do you, what do you guys' opinion on him?
1: He's already twenty two years old, um, and he's a basically a lock for the top ten, um, I think. Uh, but he relies on a lot of athleticism. He's a very good finisher. Uh, gets a lot of rebounds and. Uh, it's honestly a hard player to understand. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, he's the safest player in the draft. He'll go top three. And then the other half of people will say, oh, he's so risky. He's going to fall out of the lottery. And, uh, I mean, I'm not sure how many people had him on the radar radar at the start of this season. But he's definitely taken a lot of people by surprise. And uh, National Player of the Year is no joke.
2: Yep. Yeah, I think that he oh, – you go ahead, Jack. Sorry.
3: Uh, when, I, when I think of a complete player, I would think of Obi Toppin. I mean, he's 6'9", 220, and he's just an all-around great player. He's got, he's got great athleticism. He, he shot 70% from two last year at Dayton. So he's, I think he's just a safe NBA pick, in my opinion.
2: I think a team that he'd fit very well with, I don't know if you would go this high, but the Warriors, just because he, be, he wouldn't come in just expected to be the guy. There would be other guys who can take some pressure off his shoulders and let him kind of develop into the NBA. But then there are also skilled players around him and then he also just fits well in their system.
1: Well, I yep. think that's a, Here we go, I, I think that's an interesting point, but a bit about his flaws, I feel like his defense is a bit of a question mark. Uh, he's... Too small for a five, I would say. He can not really play a, the three in the NBA's game. So I think he's pretty much set at a power forward. I'm not really sure how many positions he can guard in the NBA system, but uh, he, he's like a guaranteed bucket. So,
0: yeah. All right, the one thing, the one hole I think his game is outside shooting and perimeter. Um, like, like you guys touched on, running pretty much everything. I think, again, he, he can be a good defender. Uh, I don't think he's a great defender uh, in, in situations he can be very good. Obviously very athletic, like Jack said, inside scoring all, all the way there right now. I think he needs to add a little bit to his perimeter game because everybody in the league, it, that really where the NBA is going right now is outside shooting. I saw a chart where like every team's top 10 shot locations is outside the arc. He's just got to improve a little bit more on that, and I think he's a complete player. Uh, in my opinion, he can help a young struggling team right now, such as the Cavs or the Bulls or the Knicks. Someone who's struggling, I don't see him going Minnesota or Golden State. Like
1: The Bulls is an interesting uh, option. I mean, you have Laurie Markin in there. and He's pretty good. I think the Hawks, they already have John Collins. I think Cleveland would be a pretty good uh, spot for him. I'm not sure if he'll fall, but uh, I think that's definitely a good point. And uh, I can see him being an all-star. I think he can He adds a lot of athleticism
2: to your team. Uh, That's what I... The Knicks have got to just be praying that he falls to them just because they need a guy who can just sell tickets at this point because they really don't have anyone on the roster that anyone's really going to go and see. So he's just someone that will bring some excitement and some media to them.
1: You think Obi Toppin will bring media attention to the Knicks? I
2: just think because, well, we saw Dane. He's just a very... He's an explosive player. He, um... He is very good vertical. He, just, he has a lot of just major dunks. I think that, that he's just an entertaining player to watch.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. But in my, it, it's, it's New York City. It's the Knicks. They're going to have media either way. If if they're bad, the media is going to going to blow up the front office and the coaching staff. If they're good, there's going to be a ton of media coverage. I I think like I agree with you that that the Knicks should hokey pray he, if they should pray he falls to them, but. I, don't, I disagree with some of the reasons. I think he fits their system, and I think he'd be a good player there, but I'm not sure he's helping with media and revenue, especially in a COVID-19 season. Do the Knicks have a system? Uh, yeah, they just got Tom, Tom, uh, Tom Thibodeau as their new head coach for three years.
2: Yeah, suicides down and back, that's their system. <laughs>
0: all right, I think uh, that's all I've got for this episode. Anybody else final thoughts on, on Obi Toppin?
1: Well, I have just a question about the overall like mid majors. I mean, John Morant, he's the second overall pick last year. Obi Toppin, he's expected around top five. Can you see a rise in uh, mid major basketball players coming into the NBA?
0: I think I think for certain. Um, really, re- recruiting in college basketball right now, it's getting harder due to some guidelines, but there are so many talented players. Um, what and. But like I said earlier, the talent sometimes can, does not help uh, once you get to the NBA. It's the athleticism, and a lot of times, guys like John Morant uh, and CJ McCollum will develop a, the they will develop the talent when they get in college at those good mid-major programs. So I definitely could see a. Uh, I think there's a real possibility that there's a rise
3: in mid-major stars.
2: Yeah, I think this draft is just loaded with players that could be in that category of mid-major stars, because I don't think there's, like, a ton of star potential, but, like, guys like Killian Hayes um, and we'll uh, Tyrese Maxey. All
0: right, well, I think that's all we
3: got today. This is Episode 5 of the Fast Break. Thank you for watching.